0: wait on the Holy Spirit Lord we just ask you for uh, that you would come Lord that you would be at the center of everything that's happening here God Mm -hmm. especially be at the center of each of our hearts Lord that we would be walking out this life Lord in such union with you God such communion with you that your very being would manifest in our midst, Lord, whatever that looks like. So we ask you, God, that we would put on Christ. Yes. Put to death the deeds of the flesh, whatever those are, Lord. All of those things we do that we do apart from you, Lord, the deeds of our flesh. I pray we would make no provision for the flesh, yes. but we would put on Christ. Yes, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to be back. So grateful for each of you for your faithfulness. I feel like I've been gone so much. It's true. <laughs> and I'm very tired of that. <laughs> it's all good, but I need to be in the prayer room. And I'm just convinced more than ever that what we're doing is the most important thing we can possibly do. It's getting a life in prayer and um, getting in Christ that we know that we know we're good. That all is well because we have him. And that's really what it all comes down to um, as things shake even more. Just, just very interesting, all the stuff going on, all of the conversations. You've probably been in them yourself. <laughs> all of the you know, fear, all of the stuff everywhere. And um the most alarming thing to me is continues to be the prayerlessness of the church and the empty prayer rooms. I know God's moving. You know, the churches will open up and that there will be a compellingness to pray. So I know things are happening, but what will it take really to get us fully into that space? I don't you know, only God knows. Um, I, w- we, I was just at the Tulsa House of Prayer yesterday and got to speak with a missionary, a full-time missionary there, a young man, his name's Josh. Um, it was just very interesting to me. Um, it always is, you know, how God calls his people into the prayer room and how they come in and how they are mostly alone in the room They're they know they're called they keep showing up right when we showed up it was web stream three people in the room them taking turns praying on the mic right <laughs> that's how it is and um and then just hearing his story after you know praying for this missionary who's been called to be a full-time missionary you know and he had no idea a few years ago that that's what he was supposed to be doing. And the Lord just set him, you know, just set him in the house of prayer. Yes. <laughs> right? We can relate to that, right? So that's what happened to each of us. And, and here he is in the room just obeying the Lord, you know, and spending a lot of hours in an empty room. And it's like, whoa, you know, okay, God. But, um, you know, I just got a chance to share with him about the, what I believe to be as an important word, is this seven years of plenty and seven years of famine and how we're coming out of the famine years. And that, you know, kind of get ready. And I just think it's very timely that we're having Corey come September 11th who was the person who had that word. <laughs> He's the one that spoke that word out yeah. on our five year anniversary, you know. Hey, Tammy. So he spoke that word out and um, it happened. And then the Lord caused us to know uh, half a dozen different ways that were coming out of the famine. And you know, it does. it's not just that word, but you know, many different things like talking to Mike Bickle, like, years ago when he was at Fremont, you know, and Jim said, go ask Mike what's going on, you know, as all the little prayer rooms are struggling. And I go to ask him, and he just immediately, he's like, oh, God's proving them faithful. And once he's proved them faithful, he's going to blow on it, and it's going to go, you know. And he had, it was such an immediate answer. He didn't have to think about that you know but how hard, how much like what does it take for God to prove us faithful you know because we have many other loves besides the Lord we do we need like those deeds of the flesh to be put to death and they go down hard you know because we're mostly a distracted people and it, it's so we just have a lot going on all of us do and it's very hard to stay centered in Christ day in and day out. And apart from the prayer room helping with that reality, I honestly don't know how people do it at all. You know, they have to have a life in prayer. I know that because you just can't. You got to be so intimate with the Lord to stay centered in Christ in the, you know, and it, and it's just how do you do that, um, Well, it helps a lot if you have a room to go to and you have a community that's doing it with you. That is, like, very key. It's not impossible. I know people have done it in history when they haven't really had that. They've somehow got a life in prayer with themselves and maybe a few others, you know, or maybe even just themselves, depending, right, on the situation. But um, it's, it's not easy. And... And i think the thing that will compel us to move forward is understanding the time in which we are living this is why the study of the end times is so so important because what it does is it wakes up our spirit it wakes us up to the reality of we're living in the generation of the lord's return like he's going to return probably within maybe our lifetime our kids our grandkids like it's coming sooner than we think, I believe, and knowing that wakes us up, and so when we look at Jesus' first coming, we can see um, principles there that we need to get a whole get around these principles so that we can apply them for our day, and like one of the principles we see there is the disciples were all sleeping right in the garden they were asleep they didn't understand the hour they were in because had they understood the hour they would have been awake they would have been like an army's coming in a minute right what do we do let's pray you know jesus help us instead they were really sleepy jesus is exhorting them you need to watch and pray why lest you enter into temptation he wasn't saying watch and pray because I need you guys. He loved them, he wanted them to be with him. He was saying watch and pray because you're gonna enter into tem- t- some testing right now. There's testing coming. If you don't watch and pray, you're gonna fall to the test. You're not gonna do well on this test, right? And so that's the principle that we can apply right now. I believe mostly the church is sleepy We have this sleepiness on us. We don't really understand the hour we're in. We don't really understand the times. And so we're just kind of lethargic and sleepy, and we don't really get it, you know? And um, think about it. Eleven out of twelve disciples fell away in this test. There was only one who made it to the foot of the cross, And so speaking of the great falling away, there's different passages that speak there will be a great falling away. We can expect that there will be testing coming and that even now we are in some testing and it's going to increase. The church is going to be shaken, right? God comes to his church first, right, to shake the church. Why? So that what can be shaken will be shaken so that that which remains will remain, (laughs) And then we can strengthen that which remains. So he's going to shake the church big time so that we can get on firm ground of Christ, right? It's, it, it's going to be easier for us to tell what's not of him when the test comes. The scary part is that 11 out of 12 of us are going to fall away. However, what look what happened he reinstated all of them except for Judas, right? Who decided that his sin was too big for God. That's the greatest act of pride in all of history, is what Judas did. He took his life going, Well, what I did can't be forgiven. It was too awful. He's saying he could do something bigger than God, you know? He could do something bigger. That God couldn't even forgive him. That's tremendous pride. Completely untrue. And so, but the other 11 got reinstated, right? So, even though there's going to be a great falling away, like in the testing, people are going to be shaken to the core. Many of them are going to freak out, right? And do whatever in the flesh, you know, run, be in fear. Um, deny the Lord, you know, like it's all there in those disciples. The picture of what's going to happen is all there. Peter, who was like the hardcore one, he maybe had the worst fall, you know, denying the Lord. And he was like, I thought I was ready, but I I wasn't ready, you know. But then look at the compassion that the Lord brought him back, you know. And reinstated his position as one of the highest positions in the church so even though there'll be a great falling away in the coming days I believe many will be restored back I don't think that falling away means falling away unto hell I mean one out of the twelve maybe went to hell I mean only God knows where Judas is right but if any of them went to hell he did right because he, of how he ended his life not in the forgiveness of Christ, right? But 11 out of 12, right, came back and served the Lord with all their heart. So that gives us a great picture of hope that even though testing's coming and we're going to see a great falling away and we're going to be shocked, right, and we might even shock ourselves <laughs> at how we fall away, right? because we don't know where we're at till we're tested and then when we're tested it kind of reveals what is actually there do we have anything of substance in Christ at all or is mostly what we have like from hanging around other Christians we feel the strength of that and we feel like we're stronger than we really are I mean I think Peter felt so strong because he was with Christ think of the strength of Christ You know? And that would rub off on you if he was near you. You'd be like, I'm going to the death, you know? And then Christ gets taken from him and suddenly he's alone without him. What does he have? He had so little, you know? He had so little that he quickly forgot and denied the Lord three times, just like that. So that's very sobering and we just have to realize that we really don't know where we're at until. I mean we we can't even we can't even um understand the demonic uh pressure that came upon them and that will come upon us. That demonic pressure is so intense and it makes you kind of lose your focus your mind, you're like, I don't know what's going on, right? You doubt everything, right? That's what the devil does. He (laughs) heaps little demons on you of fear, doubt, unbelief, you know? Those come on, those three come on super strong. Fear, doubt, unbelief, and all of a sudden you're just messed up. So, I mean, I say all this to, to give you encouragement and hope because when we see what he did with the early disciples in the early church we can take those principles and we can gain hope and strength and see them and go lord i want to be like john (laughs) and how interesting it is that mike bickle you know had this open vision and you can hear about it it's on youtube but the recent open vision where he got really convicted about we need to study John 13 through 17, and we need to intentionally take a year to dive deep into these chapters. John 13 through 17, how interesting that he would pick that disciple, the one that made it to the foot of the cross, the one that stayed true, you know, the one that didn't fall away. And he's the one that wrote, you know, those chapters inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, calling himself, I'm the one that Jesus loves. You know, like he knew who he was in Christ. He knew how much he was loved. And and how interesting that right now the Lord is putting it on Mike's heart and probably many others in the world to go deep in these chapters so that we would be ready for the testing and the shaking that's coming so that we would be ready and be like john that stays true you know and our um our stability isn't on uh based on i'm in the right christian group i feel good when i'm around these people i'll probably be okay you know It's like, no, we need to know that we know, you know, we're the one that's laying our head on his breast and we hear his heartbeat and we're really, really good. So anyways, it was just um, something that was striking me this week, even as I was flying on airplanes and praying, reading my Bible, I was thinking about the great falling away. And that's really the first time I kind of got insight that that doesn't mean they're all going to hell that means that they're gonna be shaken to the core, but that God's gonna help them. I believe that he will. And there is a Bible verse I can point to, the return of those who have trouble, right? Which we're gonna see a lot of that. And, you know, there's even examples in history because, you know, China, when it came under um, communist regime, Right? There were many uh, who fled the country, many missionaries who fled the country. And um, there was a lot of shaking. And I know I, I've heard missionaries from there preach on this before that You know, it it looks bad at that time, but in the end, that which was remained became strengthened and powerful, you know, and so um, the Lord's going to help us, and the shaking is really part of helping us, because sometimes there's no other way to truly get people awake and in the place where we have tender hearts before the Lord ready to receive and know how weak we are. Like if we don't know our own weakness, how are we gonna depend on Christ? We're gonna just think, I'm strong. Peter thought, I'm strong, I've got my sword. (laughs) The Lord's like, yeah, put that thing away. That's not the kind of weapons we're using in this. And then he was like, I don't know what to do then. This is what I thought we were doing. Can you imagine? He's like, you mean I'm not using this weapon? And I don't have the other weapons because I haven't been cultivating that in the place of prayer. That is so sobering. You know, I'm finding this first video out of the book of Daniel about great fall and but um, let's see. Here it is. So Daniel 11. 33, we can start in 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help but many shall join with them by intrigue, and some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end because it is still for the appointed time. That's what I think is speaking to the great falling away. Some of them will fall. Why? To refine them, to purify them, to make them white so I think we will we can expect to see you know uh, a great falling away but we can also expect to see a great restoration and um, and just to set our hearts to be awakened to um, really start diving into the scriptures like never before um, this fall at IHOP Kansas City they're just starting right now uh, their CBETS program again which is Center for End Times Biblical Studies so this C CBETS program that they have it is a three year Bible study of The 150 chapters that speak to the second coming of Christ, they go into it in depth. And um, if you sign up for it, um, they're charging a little money. Probably they're paying their facilitators because what happens, really this is not much money because I've been in graduate school before and it's much more than what they're charging. So they are being, you know, and... So much of their stuff they just offer for free. You know, if you look at mikebiggle.org, there's like thousands of messages there that are free, even on the end time. So you could do your own Bible study. But the good thing about CBETS is that you pay $100, you do the one semester, right? It's so many classes. I forget how many. I want to say, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But it's like a semester. And then um, you have a class once a week. You write a paper, I think, at the end or something. That's like if you care about getting the certificate at the end, right? Write the paper, don't write the paper, whatever. You know? You could do it however you wanted to it. You could audit the course, right? Like you're not gonna get A, B, C, or D, or whatever. But if you do the paper and you follow the protocol, they're gonna give you a certificate at the end that says, okay, we have confidence that you have learned the material, you know? So you can sign up for it. You listen to Mike on a pre-recorded message. But then you get in a, they have these um, facilitators set up at different times, four or five different, you know, times. You pick a time that's good for you, and you get into the group on Schoology. They use the same thing that Granada's using. (laughs) Schoology, I think it's called. You get in this kind of Zoom type of call where you can ask questions, right? Hear what other students are learning. Like you're in a real time class basically and with a facilitator, right? So they're probably paying the facilitator a little money to like do this, right? Cause it's a job. Um, so I'm signing up for it. And one reason is because my daughter-in-law, Abby, got really interested. She goes, I'm going to sign up for this. And I'm like, oh, how cool would it be to do with my daughter-in-law? Plus, I I want to know more in depth the 150 chapters and feel like I have a better handle on it, even though I've listened to probably thousands of messages by Mike Bickle, right, over the years, because I've been following him for a very long time. On the one hand, I feel like, oh, I know what Mike says. But I'm like, no, I don't know it that well. (laughs) I really need to actually dive into the chapters themselves, pray, read through these scriptures, really get it for myself, not just, I know what Mike says. You know, that's probably, if I know what Mike says, that might not be enough for me to withstand the testing, right? I need to know Mm -hmm. through my own prayer, through my own time with God, pray, reading over these scriptures, kind of getting my own revelation from the Lord on it. And that's different than being confident, like, I'm following the right leader in the body of Christ, right? He's got it down, so I'm just, like, trusting what he says. (laughs) And that's, like, easier to do, right? Because I do trust what he says. However, how much more important do I need to get it for myself and be, like, convinced in my own heart through prayer, reading, looking at the scriptures, dialoguing, and see what the Lord will open up to me in my own heart about it you know so if anyone wants to jump on I'm actually thinking about there's one of the facilitation classes is is Thursdays at like 11 I'm thinking about doing that one and so there's other ones available but if you want to jump in if you decide to do it and you want to jump in at the same time that's the one I'm thinking about doing Thursday at 11 I might just stay here and, um I don't know, put it on the screen or something, so if anybody else wants to jump in on that, I don't know it's just an idea, yeah, so it's actually starts next week, so you want to sign up right away if you're going to sign up because, like we're supposed to be listening to the first lecture this week, and um. Yeah, we have to get familiar with Schoology and, um, you know, the system. So there's like this long email with all these details. I'm like, okay, I have to figure this out. <laughs> How do we do all this stuff? Once we get through the learning curve of that, which probably won't be too bad, right, then, yeah. It's one, we all listen to the same lecture, but there's multiple discussion groups with different facilitators, which whatever works with your schedule. So they have some evening ones, some morning ones, some afternoon ones, you know. Can you switch around? I think you can switch around, probably. I would bet you can, like if you can't make one one day, one week, you could jump in on another one. So it's $100 for the semester. That's so cheap for what you, what you're getting. I'll just say that because I've been in graduate school and Even even the graduate school I was in, which was on the very low end, they were charging $450 for about one course, like 10 classes, you know? So, and that was like a good deal. So $100 is like, they're just barely paying their teacher, right? Probably not even very much. So, um, well worth it. And I'm just thinking... The more we study this, the more it's going to wake up our spirits. Like on the airplane, I was reading Revelation, reading Revelation, reading Revelation, over, 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 pray reading it. God, help me. What does this mean? What does this mean? Show me. Open my eyes. So um, that particular book, it brings a blessing to you every time you read it. So... Mm -hmm. It's good to read Revelation every every week if you can. It wakes your spirit up. Even if you don't understand it totally. It doesn't matter. God's going to use it, you know? I see new things in it every time I read it. This time I was looking, and I literally found parallel verses in Matthew 24, and in Revelation, I don't know if it's 10 or something like that, and I was looking, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like Jesus is totally describing what's happening in Revelation. I think it was chapter 10, right, in Matthew 24. And I just saw these parallel verses that were, like, really, like, whoa, he's describing, you know, this particular judgment in Matthew 24, you know. And it's just, like, interesting. When you start to read it enough, you start to get deeper. You start to get these cross-references, and you start to go, oh, this is that. Whoa, you know. So, um, I think that's it for today. So, let me close in prayer and then I'll open it up for any feedback. Um, But, Lord, I just thank you for this community and I thank you that we can pray together, that we can go after you together, Lord, that we can um, become rooted and grounded. And, Lord, we desire to be like John, the apostle, the beloved. Lord, that we would not fall away in the great falling away, but we would be truly rooted and grounded in your love, that we would know that we are the one that Jesus loves. We would know that so well. I'm the one that Jesus loves. And there would just be no fear, and we would just be listening to your voice and obeying you, and we would not be uh, caught off guard by attacks of the enemy, but we would be founded on the rock. And I just pray that, Lord, for each one of us in this community coming in and out of this prayer room, Lord, that we would be the one out of the 12 that doesn't get shaken because we really are founded upon the rock. I ask you for that, Lord, for each one in our community. I ask you for their lives, Lord. They would not be falling away and having to um, be refined that way but that we would be refined now (laughs) while we're not in the testing we would just let you refine us it's so much easier when we just give ourselves to you without having to go through that we would be docile to your spirit we would be tenderized we would be so Um, yielded, so um, attentive to you. So I ask you for that, Lord, that you would do that in our hearts. We pray for that, Lord. That we would be one of those who have understanding and can speak to the many about what's going on. Lord, that we would be ones who do great exploits in your name. Lord that we would be ready when the testing comes like Daniel like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego that when the test of their lives came they were they stood they stood during the test Lord and you delivered them and you even placed them in high places and they did great exploits Lord they carried out your will in a pagan environment Lord And so I know that that's what you are desiring for your children, that we would be like Daniel. We would be like Shadrach, like Meshach, like Abednego. So we ask you for that, Lord. Let us be rooted. Let us be grounded. In Jesus' name, amen.